Hello and welcome to the 18th episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott oh, Fotheringham. Banjo, please just bloody go back to America. What are you What are you doing here? You're like, I don't think I'd be... I'm here to cheer you up. You seem a bit down, think... but I'm very happy, and I, I think happiness is contagious, so I'm going to try and spread that to oh, you. Yeah, I'm going to how... send you positive vibes. I'm not going to say one negative thing about North Melbourne all day. <laughs> is that, that, that That's how our friendship works, is it? You're in your house. Happy, I'm happy. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we are very much on the, the same the, wavelength. The thing is, like, look, everything considered, Melbourne did win this week. And I beat you in fantasy football as well. So, like, I mean, if, if you okay. didn't... Both of those were moral losses. Yeah, no, oh, that's a bit hard. Look, I think if, if you didn't exist, I think I would be at, like, an okay level of happiness. I think I'd be, like, you know, just... Oh, I'd, be, I'd be breezing along. I'd be like, the world's not too bad. But because you're so happy, I'm completely miserable, and your existence just makes me sad. Can you, can you please just leave? Uh, do, do we have to do this? Yeah, we do. You're contractually <laughs> obligated. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's just... contract. You don't pay me beers anymore. Yeah, but you don't provide me with any, so that that feels like a net <laughs> Yeah, I'm debt. not an alcoholic anymore. I don't have enough beer around Yeah, it's house. really, really disappointing. Yeah. Work on your game. Stop watching uh, drink driving ads. Um, <laughs> anyway, should we get into the football? Yeah, we should, Banjo. And look, we'll, we'll get on to everyone's favourite segment, which is Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The uh, title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Now, Banjo, I did give a bit of a, a sad introduction to the, to the podcast there. But I do have to say, objectively speaking, if you take my misery out of it, really, really interesting round of footy. I mean, we had some upsets. We had some predictable results. But yeah. all, pretty much all of the games felt like there was a statement to them. Even the thumpings, even the predictable outcomes yeah. felt like there was some sort of a statement there. And I was going through every game. Everything I was like... I. Wouldn't mind talking about any of these games. So it's gold jacket, green jacket isn't going to quite serve its purpose. But we look, we, we found a few which are a little bit more irrelevant. So one vote, <laughs> you're back in there, Banjo. Yeah, but we're back in there for the right well, we'll have to We'll have to skip through this one quickly, unfortunately, <laughs> Banjo, because there's a lot of good footy to get to. But uh, you did beat St Kilda by 39 points, you being North Melbourne, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea what happened in this game. Last night, you tapped me on the shoulder and you told me apparently a couple of players kicked five goals. I actually, I honestly didn't know. Yep, yep, yep. I've buried my head so far in the sand about North Melbourne this last month. I don't know what you're doing. So you can give me a quick spiel on it. That's about as far as we're going to go, all right? Oh, it's not going to be a quick spiel, Scott. It's not going to be a quick spiel. It's hard when you don't have someone responding, though. That is true. And that's why our North Melbourne segment is always one of the short ones, because you're a dick. (laughs) But let's get to it. I'll tell you who was awesome. Jai Simpson. Over 30 touches for the second week in a row. Really announcing himself as a player. He's going to be an absolute superstar. What year is it for him? Second or third? Third. First Mm. year was coming off a broken leg, so it was sort of a hit and miss year. Yep. Uh, Cam Zerha. Just proving himself to be better than Connor Rosie. Ah, oh, turn it up. Kick better. Than averages Rose. more goals a game. Has a better fend. Awesome. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else? Did I? Nick Larkey, fourth rising star nomination for the club this year. One in four games is a rising star nomination for North Melbourne. He is an absolute jet. He looks like he looks like he'll actually be something. Which for a pick seventy three is is quite a get, quite a find. How good was Josh Bruce though? 
Yeah, it was actually frustratingly good. <laughs> it was the only reason they were in it for so long. Man, he kicked six. Six of 11. Yeah, he was potting them from outside 50. One he got from a downhill free <laughs> kick where Luke Dunstan kicked the ball and Ben Cunnington decided to rub his face after he'd kicked it and the umpire saw it. I was about to say something positive about Jack Billings as well, but then I remembered you'll be happy about that because he's in your fantasy team. So oh, he had the greatest fantasy. You know how... It's always a conflicting feeling when someone's playing. Jeez, I'm going to derail you. <laughs> <laughs> we're continue. It's always, it's always, um, it's always very conflicting watching someone play fantasy. That's one of your good players against your team. But this was perfect from Jack Billings. He was not damaging at all. He just got cheap possessions out of the back all oh, day. Okay, okay. So it, it was, was wonderful. Game for you. He okay. had so many like balls that he just kick and be one bounce out of bounds. You'd <laughs> be like, this is perfect. All right, Banjo, I'm going to feed you slightly, but like the last month or so you've kind of had your big big head about your kids and you've been rattling off all your, all your young players who yes, are looking yes, good yes, yes. I, you have to say early on in the year I can see to that I said you've you got did, some good young you kids did. that everyone's ignoring all of a sudden they're noticing them so look, I accept that I've got to that point can you tell me a bit more about what's changing in terms of uh, game style yeah, that is a fair Why, point because I don't think we've ever actually gone yeah, in like, depth on this. It, it, like, again, like, I promise you, I have not watched a second of even like North Melbourne highlights the last month. All I can see is the results are better. Can you can you tell me why? Yeah, so I think early in the year I was cracking the shits about over handballing and stuff. That's gone yeah. out of the game. We kick longer and more direct than any other team in the competition at this. Is it that big a change? Yeah, it's that, It's a complete 180. <laughs> so much for the old... Uh, I'm not going to change anything. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's flipped the whole game plan. We went through the corridor the fourth most out of any side in the competition under Brad Scott. Now we go down the line the most out of any team. Like, it's it's completely... Ad- the, our areas of attack have changed. And a lot of it's sort of the let the shackles go stuff that you're hearing associated with Teague too. That's happened a little bit. But I think there's been more of a game style change with North than there has been with Teague. And I think that's more indication that what Shaw's doing isn't just that. A lot of people have been saying, oh, it's not like the real job. He's just being a caretaker coach. But he's doing stuff at a higher level than what a caretaker coach normally does to a side. He's been fantastic. Uh, you, you said before that you're going down the line more, and then you said that there's shackles off. I, normally, they're I'm sort talking of more in individual players being like given a license to try stuff. Yeah, okay. It's not given so much of a role then. Yeah. Like, allow your talent to flourish. Yeah, okay. But, right, um, probably is a difference. Yeah, I, th- I think it utilizes our strengths a lot more because we, we are quite tall in the forward line again when as soon as Larky came into the side. so And we've done a good job of bringing the ball to ground and our contested ball has really really improved to the point where it's a real strength again mainly from throwing Zebel back in the midfield and yep. getting Simkin to have a real oh, his development's been massive for us he's been really good since he came back from the he was dropped earlier in the year yeah, one of those players who's been given a license yeah yeah and so we've sort of turned that into a strength and the combination of the two has led to a sol- more solid defence because we're playing more conservative with the ball and you're not as exposed when you turn the ball over when you go down the line. And so that's improving our defensive numbers. And also because we're winning the contested ball, we've got sort of two bites at the cherry with our forward ball movement. We have the initial kick down the line. If that doesn't work, we're doing well enough at the stoppage for it to generally be an advantage play anyway. And that's really changed our outlook. You should have picked Larky earlier, shouldn't you? That, yeah. There was a long period of time where there Tom was... Tom Campbell, yeah. got, who's going to, who might win the VFL best and fairest because our VFL team sucks and he's been awesome in the VFL as a ruckman. He averages, gets 20 touches, kicks a goal and has 40 hit-outs this week. Brody Grundy of the VFL. Um, 
but he was picked ahead of Nick Larkin. Doesn't know how to play centre half forward. Yeah, they they'd argue that they were giving him some time to develop and making sure he's real right Ridiculous. to go. But there was a real frustration around with North Melbourne supporters for a while that he wasn't getting. Yeah, because as soon as he was picked, just structures looked a lot better, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, because he knows what he's doing. And what's fantastic, he's another guy that kicks straight. He kicked five straight on the weekend. He oh, just doesn't gee. miss. Tell me more about kicking straight banjo. I would kill. That really that. gets you. Anyway, that probably is enough about North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, Let's move on. Not very good. That's you gave me, you gave me enough uh, responsiveness to. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, know, I know we did the Richo getting sacked thing last week. We will move on. Yeah, it's just same sort of shit with that. <laughs> <laughs> Two votes. Now this was a a one sided game that is kind of interesting in a way. Richmond defeated Gold Coast by ninety two points. Like. One of those games which there are kind of two stories coming out of it. From the <laughs> Richmond point of view, we've been saying wait and see, wait and see, wait and mm. see. Is this that moment where they really lay it down and they say, no, we're here now? I don't think you can quite go that far because they've got to show it against better opposition yeah. as well. But I think in a couple of weeks we could look back and go, yeah, that, yeah, were, that be- was when we needed beating, to look at it. Beating bad teams by a lot is a far bigger indicator than we realise a lot oh, of the time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, only the best teams really... Thumb mm. teams. So that's a little bit unfortunate. And it actually it has real implications. Like what yeah, their pits, what it, it changes their percentage to. It's now Yeah, absolutely. It's now within shouting distance of a lot of the teams above them. West Coast and Collingwood are nah, they're they are a long way ahead, but they're not they gain ten percent in a week. They it's doable for them. And they've got Carlton again. They've got a few games where they could rack up a percentage booster again and Look, they're in this exact same position the year they won the flag. Like the same percentage, yeah. same win-loss record. And if they get on a roll, it could easily happen again. I don't think it will because I think the injury side of things has crippled them in a way it didn't the year they won. But the position is not unfamiliar for them. Yeah, but the injuries are coming back. They've, they've got their last seven games at home, which is yeah, like... that's phenomenal. That can't be understated how big that is. And they're now a game out of the top four. Like, you'd be a little... I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. It, it did feel like that was a performance which meant something from Richmond. But in all but honesty, they have to back who up. aren't you nervous about winning the flag? Geelong won too many recently. West Coast, I guess we still don't know yeah. anyone. Collingwood would be worse than Richmond again. Yeah, I mean, we're rooting for Brisbane, but it's probably unlikely. Out of the teams which I actually think could win it, I'd probably want West Coast to win it, yeah. to be honest, which is a bit... It's more like a lesser of lots of evils, but yeah, well, a bit sad. This is what I said last year. <laughs> uh, can I just... Well, whilst we're on this game, can I just give myself a bit of a pat on the back about Gold Coast? So yep. Early on in the year, there was a bit of positive talk, and I reckon I said... On I was very or, positive about that. I reckon on five or six occasions, I said to you, Banjo, don't get carried away. We'll get to the end of the season, and the big talking point will be what a disaster Gold Coast are. What are we going to do about Gold Coast? They're looking terrible. What was, like, number two topic on Access All Areas? Uh, All I'm going to say is I stand by getting positive about football. I like enjoying oh, football. You're just a grump. Oh. You just can't enjoy anything. Gold Coast had a good five weeks, and I wanted to enjoy it. I'm a better them. analyst than you, Badger. I could see that it was just one of those other starts of the season. They've done it a few times. It always drops off, and then the bottom comes Do you out. have an opinion other than this team shit, this team shit? Because that's all I ever hear from you. Well, I was just very Melbourne positive. Shit. I was more positive. My team's so depressing. I was more positive about Richmond than you just then, which is upsetting but <laughs> I don't even remember what you said anyway let's move on yeah, look, my, my world is clouded with misery at the moment when it comes to football I accept that banjo but look the three vote game Eston defeated Sydney by 10 points so to those teams we say 
Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Yeah, big win for Essendon. Yeah, not completely irrelevant. There's like These are two teams who are, yeah, arguably contending finals and is yeah. a bit of a straw that broke the camel's back for Sydney I reckon yeah like that, that that's probably the interest it seems to have completely buried Sydney yeah Essen are still in it I suppose for me from the way I look at it I don't really rate either team I don't expect either team to make finals and in the end Essendon are a real chance they, they technically I, I just can't see it happening but for me it was kind of like I think Essendon are the slightly better team so they'll probably win by a little bit and that's what happened. Yeah. And it wasn't a particularly exciting game. So for me, I don't I don't feel like this game made the same sort of statement that a lot of the other games made. But an Essendon supporter would disagree, and they'd say, oh, here we come. They're ninth. They won they, four out of five. Yeah, they can make it. I just, I don't know. All the teams around them and above them, I just, well, above them at least, I just rate higher, I think. What, what, about, been, what about the team directly below them? No, nah, probably not. I think probably <laughs> the Bulldogs are probably better. Uh, <laughs> no, but I just, I don't know. I, I think Port Adelaide and Adelaide are both Clearly better teams. That's kind of where I sit. Yeah, that's fair. Adelaide, I'm getting a bit shaky on, but we'll get to them later. With Sydney, I still think this year is almost a positive for them. They've had a lot of development that I think... I, I think it's the, this team wasn't going to go anywhere unless it developed. And I think looking at that rather than the win-loss record is a better way to look at Sydney's year. And I honestly... I hate saying this because I don't really like Sydney at all, but I think they've got... More coming through than I thought at the start of the year. Oh, really? Well, where'd this come from? You were so negative about them early. I mean, we both. Yeah, I'm still but... pretty negative about them, but like, I'm, I'm not as negative, I'm not as negative. I mean, do they? They, they don't have. You wouldn't say they have the core. Of Honestly, I just list. love Papley. <laughs> That's all it comes down to. <laughs> I love Papley. I just I, I can't. He... Okay, yeah. my three favorite players. About Papley my three favorite players that don't play for North: Jade Gresham, Papley, and Wayne Malira. Yeah, fair enough. I knew you liked all of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I can't. But I don't know. When I look at the Sydney list, I just... Yeah, look, Papley's good, but I don't think he's a star. But outside of their older players, the only player I'm like he's going to be an absolute star is Heaney. But the only oh, player not, I can not really Nick say Blakey, best player of the no, decade? not yet. I, I, haven't, I haven't yet seen that from Blakey. I mean, it could happen, I guess. But, I mean, I feel like I missed his one good game, and as a result... <laughs> you know, every time you I see know him what play, his like, one, okay. You know what his one good game was, that he got nominated for Rising Star? Yeah. 11 touches and two goals. Yeah, and he supposedly he lifted late in the game. But I, I don't know, I feel like with him there's been a thing of people have been waiting for an excuse to talk about Blakely. Blakey and then when it happens they get really excited about him but I don't feel like he's commanded it or anything I think he's been okay I guess um, outside of that I don't see a lot there so no I'm not particularly excited about Sydney and I don't think this list is really going anywhere yet but it's a strong club and they can draft and recruit and all of that crap but we'll, yeah we'll see yeah, well, let's move on then. Uh, let's get to everyone's favourite segment, Kane Corn's Call of the Week, where we look at a big call in the media that we think is a little bit suspicious and then make one of our own just to get in the spirit of things. Uh, this week, the doyen of AFL media himself, rare, might be his first ever <laughs> appearance, uh, more used to seeing his son and daughter make fools of themselves than we are him, him himself. <laughs> yeah, it's right. uh, Mike Sheehan. He's come out with a pretty ridiculous call. He thinks Tim English will be the best player of the next decade. It cannot be said by how big a margin Tim English is the worst ruckman in the competition. He's really bad, yeah. He, he, just, he I, can't do the one thing he's supposed to do. I find the Tim English stuff so frustrating. I, I just I just don't get it. He's, yes, he's, he's mobile and has some kind of skills that a lot of ruckmen don't have. But there are certain skills you need as a ruckman. The areas in which is most important. He is dreadful. Whenever he comes up against... 
even like a, a good ruckman. Goldie's he gets cooked. embarrassed. Goldie's fairly cooked. Yeah. And he beat him so bad that they had to replace him with Zane Cordy. Yeah. Grundy, and Zane Cordy was so much him. better. He's just, he's yeah, just so far below the mark. Grundy as an shitting ruckman. all over him is not that out of the blue. Yeah, but he absolutely shat all over him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to an extreme extent. Whenever he comes up against a good ruckman, he gets destroyed. Look, uh, Mike Sheen, he's, he's, he's old now and he does about one thing in the media every week, which is he goes on SEN for yeah. an hour. And he, he clearly has a thing. He comes to the table being like, I'm trying to make a big call to get some attention. Like, that's kind of his thing. And I get why he does it. He's just... Got to stay relevant. Trying to bring something to the table. And he's done a little bit of that this year. And uh, this one did frustrate me a little bit. But to be honest, he was on with bloody Jack Hever and Nick Del Santo. Yeah. They weren't a lot better. No, Nick Blakey and Eric Hipwood. That was Dallas. What you need to know is... No, that was... Uh, I don't remember. Dallas said Rowan Marshall. I mean, like, yeah, he looks all right, but come on. Best player that is of the, the day. That is the most I used to play for the club I'm talking about <laughs> call I've ever heard. That's more That's yeah. more blatant than uh, Kane Corns talking about Rosie. Yeah. But let's be honest. It's not going to be a big man. It's just not. It's going to be a midfielder. It's a midfielder's game. Buddy I mean, was a completely yeah, out-of-the-box yeah, player. And it's, You'd say he was Buddy this but time. But he was he's debatable with Ablett, depending on your timelines. Yeah, yeah, but there's always going to be. But Buddy is a freak. He, If there's anyone that approaches Buddy in the next decade as a key forward, that's already in the competition, Fair I'll enough. be staggered. But as I said to you before, I don't think Rance is as far off it as perhaps you suggest. So I, mean, I don't think it's impossible for a tool to be like to take the competition by storm, but... Look, the likelihood is it's going to be a midfielder. I, I do do concede that. Anyway, let's get to yours. Mine, look, mine's a little bit of a straight bat one. But uh, this is I thought this is kind of a real typical media call out of this. I mean, pretty simple. West Coast Richmond Grand Final. Surely you lock that in now. They're the two hot teams. The teams that we thought were good, they're dropping. Our Collingwood look terrible at you're the just, moment. You're just ignoring the form team of the competition, Scott. Shut up. Ge- <laughs> Geelong, you know, they lost as well. Their form's not really stacking up. Those teams who we thought were good, dropping off. Couple of teams coming up at the right time. You've named, the hot you've team. named one team that wears blue and white, but you haven't named the hot Shut team. Shut the hell up, Banjo. <laughs> These are the hot teams of the competition. They made their statement this week. They're going to run it in home. West Coast Richmond Grand Final. Lock it in. So if another two teams win by 90 points next week, they'll be playing in the Grand Final? Is that what you're saying? No, no. These two teams are teams we know are good. And they've made their statement, and now they're hot. And the I teams say, that we thought were better, not showing a lot GWS. Super reactionary. Not showing a lot, Banjo. Just, you know, there's a, lot, it's a few teams at the top we thought were good, who aren't quite there. These are the hot teams. They're going to come home strong. In fairness, though, I West Coast, every chance they're going to be. Yeah, no, you, you only went out on the limb on one of them. <laughs> yeah, but that's possible, Banjo. It's possible. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the last two grand, <laughs> the last two premiers. Oh, they might meet in a grand final. Big goal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, big goal. Well, anyway, on to mine. Uh, I'm sick of Cam Rainer. I reckon he's a bust. Ooh, oh, you're sick of him. I'm sick of Cam Rainer. Around that long to be sick of him. Yeah, but I'm sick of him. He's got to add an ability to win the ball. He averages less than 10 touches a game. He's gone backwards by four touches a game. He does play forward. Yeah, but so is Petrarca, and Petrarca averages 20 and has for like four, four years. Right, probably not quite 20, but yes, he averages a lot more than Rainer. Yes. Yeah, so no excuses. He's got to be better, and if he doesn't start actually showing some improvement, 
why is it in the ones? Yeah, Rain is suffering from the, uh, in your first year, people focus on your good traits mm. and they ignore kind of the base level and what you're actually like for the rest of it. They try to see signs to be like, yeah, he's the number one draft pick. Let's talk positively about him. So like, he's a big guy. He's got a bit of swagger about him. He'll kick a nice goal or two, do some good things. People get excited about that. But underneath all of that, there doesn't seem to be a lot there at the moment. But look, I, I think you're being a little bit harsh in someone's second year. It's got to it's got to be a big call, and I think he's not going <laughs> to be. He's got best. a bit of ability. You need to give him a bit more time, Banjo. Honestly, he's the opposite of a uh, Sam Walsh number one draft pick. He was not safe. Meh. Yeah. He's all about the tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway, let's move on to the rest of the football. Uh, Hawthorne defeated Collingwood by four points. The Collingwood meltdown continues. Their form <laughs> is atrocious. Yeah, I, I, I'd be really interested to uh, have a chat to Buckley about. Like, it seems. I'd like... be interested to have a chat with him after three beers where he's really ready to let loose. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh... <laughs> Oh, it's definitely a hindsight thing. But in hindsight, I wonder if he'll look back at it and be like, I'm not sure if I've handled the last three weeks that well. And well, I, he's flipped his script again. He's back to being positive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's purely a hindsight thing. But like what he did, they put in a disappointing performance against the Dogs, still won the game. He clearly had a thing of, I need to make a statement here. I need to make it clear that we're not playing that well and I need to get them mm. out of this, this idea of we're going to win every game. Yeah. Makes that big call kind of expecting there's going to be a big response. Can I come out put in an even worse the, performance? The lack of response is telling. Makes an even bigger statement, and then again, they don't respond to it. And now it's got to that point where he realises, no, this isn't one of those things where I just need to give them a rocket and they're going to come good. They're actually really out of form, yeah. and we need to find a way around this, and it probably will take a few building blocks. And that's why his messaging's changing, because he's realised that. And it is very much a hindsight thing, and I think most coaches would have done what he did. Yeah, but, and I don't think it's necessarily did the wrong thing. Like it would his mess if his messaging was better, would they have got a better outcome? Well, Maybe? I, I think but I, what I would say is they actually did get in bad form, and the way to improve yeah. that is you need to get some building blocks and build your way back up. Which he was expecting, just give them a rocket and they'll just turn it around. Which yeah, like, and maybe it's possible it hurt that their confidence the where they'd had this arrogance where they'd play shit for three quarters and come home yeah. strong. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe little, that was affected. They do shaky. have Adams coming back, which I think will be massive for him. He's a test this week. Yeah. There's not a, much else on the horizon, though. Howe will be back reasonably soon, but... Their injury list is absolutely crazy at the moment. The length of it is huge. They have a few stars out, but the length of it is massive. What do they have, about 16, 18 on there? No. They, they did last week. Having a quick count, Banjo. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, I thought it was. I think it was a couple more than that last week. But that includes four tests. Yeah. Okay. That that's still a very big injury list. Yeah, but like but you're at that. We're at that. Yeah, GWS are us. at that. There, most teams have around ten. I was having a good look at it the other day. Around ten is about Thank the average. Kilda at that. And then there's about three or so teams who have that sort of injuries, and it's killed a lot of those teams. I, I just think. I think when you knock out depth at a club it makes a bigger difference mm. than people realize everyone just looks at it who are the stars who aren't playing who's their best 22 yeah but if there are players who are you know bottom six in their best team all out that makes a massive difference to a game of football which you have probably vfl standard footballers yeah i do playing. agree with that but i think collingwood's issues came before they had this injury list i think this is a reasonably recent development for a while it was pretty much only adams and a couple of nobodies that weren't playing in the that weren't available and yeah. they were still not playing good football now beams is out and but he wasn't playing good football before he left so no. it's a bit of a uh, anyway 
I don't know. I, I don't buy the injury list as the problem. I think they have real uh, sort of balance issues, which I went into detail with a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah. And I think Stevenson has been massive for their forward line. It just doesn't work as cleanly as it does with him in there because Degoe has to be the guy. Because And Mason Cox has been woefully out of form. Woefully out of form. <laughs> like there, there's, there's a whole heap of big things that they just can't address and it's not entirely because of injuries. Yeah, they, they, they've they been a bit bipolar with the way they've been playing this year as well. The, 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 the oh, Collingwood absolutely. at their best towards the end of last year it was quite a, a manic, very direct through the corridor. It would be like coming out of a contest. They'd flick some hands, hands yeah. around and then they would be just bang out of the contest, moving it really quickly Hit to the forward that lead-up target. Uh, this year, early on, they played a real sort of chip mark game and it worked for a couple of games and then they started drifting and then they, they did get back going to that same yeah. style they played the end of last year. It does seem a bit more of a chip mark game Do you game think now. because it worked so well into against Richmond, that chip mark game, they kind of got trapped with it being better than it was? I, I feel like potentially at the time that they, for a couple of weeks, they kept trying to do that because they're like, oh, that worked so well. Yeah. And then they realized it didn't. And then they, I, I feel like since then, they've been trying to play the way they played the end of last year yeah. and it hasn't quite worked. Their players just don't have the same confidence and the same belief to go for it at the moment. I reckon there's a bit of... It's not a premiership hangover because they didn't win it, but there's a bit of a complacency that is a bit similar to it. They're, they just were, they took it for granted that they'd be there again, I think. There's a lot of players that... Like, think of how many players have gone backwards in their midfield. Still side bottoms, been half as good this year. There's a whole heap of players at that level that have just gone back. Josh Thomas, been ordinary this year. Varco's been bad. Like, a whole lot of players around that... That really added to the way they played have just not brought anything to the table this year. There's a real myth in the AFL around the team that finishes second. The team who loses the grand final, everyone's always like, oh, they're going to win it next year. Yeah, they'll, they'll be hungry. they extra fight or whatever. It does. It, it so rarely happens like that. Quite often that team just drops off or things just don't go right. Like, yeah, well, look at it. Collingwood, looking ordinary. Adelaide, the year before, didn't play finals. Yep. Sydney had the, oh, no, did they have the 0-6 start the next year? I'm not sure, but they I definitely think, haven't gone so. to win a flag after. No, the dogs. Have, well, that's the wrong play. Anyway, none of the teams that finished second to Hawthorne came yep. anywhere near. Free like Mantle, it's yep, heaps. Yep. It just yeah, doesn't it, happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen, but we seem to always talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, where I see, you know, I've had a lot of faith in Collingwood. I still expect they're going to turn it around. I think they have too much talent, and I really do believe in Nathan Buckley as a coach. So I think they will be turning it around. Um, Will it be too late? Possibly. Sometimes seasons just don't work yeah. out. I, th- I think if I had to play, I would say if if the season went for 100 games, I would have a belief that at some point, Collingwood are going to be the best team because I think they are the best team and they'd eventually click. Yeah. The question is, will things be right enough for them to click? Yeah, I'm not right sure team? they can it get it. It always happen. I'm not sure it's uh, within the next seven weeks thing. I think there's got to be some list changes well, they have as well. Weeks, but yeah. yeah, well, technically, but... Yeah, well, they Doesn't, can't completely drop off over yeah. the next seven, but yeah. I just, I think it's it's going to be a struggle for them to get right for this year. Which is really and I I think there's real... Yeah, we've ignored Hawthorne, haven't we? <laughs> we've done this the last month. All of the Hawthorne games, we've been like talking about the opposition. They'll be like, Hawthorne aren't good, they're irrelevant. Let's move on. Do you have anything to say about them, though? Like, not majorly, because I, it just wasn't a good game of footy. No. Like, I don't come away from it being like, awesome from Hawthorne, they beat a good team. I come away from it being like, I'm really worried about Collingwood and Hawthorne got over the The line. only thing I can think of is, yeah, Clarko, you probably shouldn't have played Sisley forward. 
<laughs> yeah. That was definitely a mistake. That was just a bad experiment. That, like, Clarko occasionally does things where he just shows his... Like, that clearly demonstrate how arrogant he is as a coach. Yeah. Where he just goes like, because I do it, it's got to work. At least and that he, was one of the moves. At least he realizes it, though. I did, they're, just, they're just boring now. I feel like the the more the talent's dropped out of the list, the more Clarko's really tried to just take control and make it really, like, defensive. And to be honest, he's done a fantastic job at it. I mean, arguably, but they're not going to win a flag doing this. No. So they... They need a rebuild, really. They they were hoping for that quick rebuild. With it was, it was never going to happen. It just doesn't work like that. But I don't think they will. And because the, they don't have enough assets because they've never finished anywhere down low enough to trade for anyone good. And so they're trading for sort of players that have got massive injury troubles like Wingard and Scully. And apparently yeah, yeah. they're going after Patton next year. And your mm. medical team can only be so much better than everyone else's. You're not wizards. Yeah, yeah, maybe there, there there probably is a bit of arrogance with the club being like, ah, we can just turn it around in a year. That's probably where they sit at the moment. Anyway, let's move on to the showdown. Yes, Port yes. defeated Adelaide by fifty-seven points. When I saw this score, they, this one shocked me. Yeah, <laughs> this I mean, is an incredibly solid performance by Port. It was kind of the way it happened that was so jaw-dropping. Like to half time, it was a real, real contest, just a classic showdown. Mm. Like no, I have no idea what direction this is going to go. This will come down to the wire, and then you you pretty much blinked, and Port Adelaide just went bang, 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 bang. I think they kicked like five goals from eight inside fifties or something like that. They were just so direct and so clean and so clinical. Um, which I mean, they probably they can really do that. They can at times, but I, I wouldn't say that that's been a real clear standout with Port Adelaide. This that's year. true. They've had some pretty ugly games as well. Um, but look, look, it has to be said this is this is not the worry for Port Adelaide. No. I, I think with everything that had built up in terms, they, they were copped a lot of criticism during the week, and it's a showdown. Mm. If there's any game you're going to bank on them getting up for and winning, it would probably be this game. The question is, will they do it next? Yeah, week their the problem week after? is consistency and complacency. Yes, Are they. They clearly just take some games too easily, and it gets it bites them in the chest. And I, I, they don't seem to be able to summon the same tenacity week in week out. They 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 fluctuate so much with form. Yeah, I probably I, I don't know. It's, it's probably a minor point, but I don't view it so much as complacency. I think complacency puts a like it's it's a word which yeah maybe they, they think they're just gonna win every game. If they they get one good win and they think they're awesome and they'll just breeze through. I don't think it's so much that. I think that they're a club who seem to play off emotion. They play with severe passion, which that's something which comes and goes. And so I, I feel like they elevate themselves so much for certain games and then they kind of go back to the base level and the base level isn't quite at that level. Yeah, but if you look at the last results it's they won a showdown and they lost the dogs at home which even though the dogs have improved you shouldn't lose that game they beat geelong and then they who'd they lose to then they lost to Fremantle, who were dead at that point anyway the problem with port is we've said this so many times and they haven't changed so although you can have a hope that this is once we're all talking about it they'll realize this and they'll keep going but they lost to hawthorne by 31 like there's so many bad results that just yeah. shouldn't happen. Like yeah. their, their ceiling is so much higher than where they are on the ladder, mm. but they don't seem to be able to put it together consistently. You could argue they only need a good month. <laughs> that's true, we've seen dogs, that. Yeah, their best is good. I yeah. suppose that's what we've For learned. Adelaide, though, they, this is a worrying result. Yeah. I They've been one of the most disappointing teams in the league, and every time they look like putting it together, they have another result that makes you go, yeah, this is what I didn't like about you and why I didn't get seduced by you. Their forward movement just is... It, we've said this ad nauseum all year. It just is so 
bland. They don't have any spark in the fourth line anymore, which is what they had in spades. And their midfield is the most same midfield in the league. I've been critiquing Collingwood for not having any differentiation in their midfield. Every single midfielder they have is the same player. And yeah, and Port really show that up. Yeah, uh, that they were so quick and on the Port outside. Port were missing their best midfielder. Yeah, like wow. Yeah, it's just I, unbelievable. With, with Adelaide, like we say so much, their forward lines dropped off. I there is a there is a real chicken in the egg thing of how much mm. of it is their forward line is worse, and how much of it is their ball movement into their forward line is why they're struggling. Yeah, I just, and look, I I know this is a biased thing, but like I think that's so much of why Eddie Betts isn't at the same level because I just think he had such great ball movement. He got on the end of so I much. I do think easy it's a combination ball. though. He's I mean, he's still doing Eddie Betts things. He yeah, just but he, does them when the game's dead. And... He's doing the execution of it. I don't think he's creating the separation to give himself the opportunity. Yeah, I, I would I would think that a lot of that is a ball movement thing. He doesn't have the opportunity to do it because I, they're I, moving it so slowly. I don't, no disa- I don't disagree in. with you. I just think it's also he has physically diminished. Look, not pro- not dramatically, but yeah. like he's a step slower. Yeah, but I, yeah, I wonder if you put him in Geelong's forward line whether we'd be saying the same thing. There are so many forwards that would look five goals better a year, 10 goals better a year in July. Fair enough, but I think Adelaide would be one of the worst forward lines to play in at the moment with the way Yeah, and that's, the that's shock. I <laughs> hate, they were the best to play I in. hate what Don Parker's yeah. done to that club. But let's move on to another big result. The Dogs beat Geelong by 16 points. <laughs> Didn't result. see this one coming either. Ah, oh, Banjo. Like, when are you going to give up on all of your... Look, so is Luke Beveridge going to be sacked this year, Banjo? Oh, I hate to say it, but I don't think so. Are they going to win the spoon? <laughs> Honestly, mathematical still possible. Not giving up on it until <laughs> until like, it's, it's ruled out. Is Aaron Norton a superstar? Come on, superstar forward. Sorry, I will, I I will, congr- I will congratulate. It's the first time he's played a good game against a non-VFL side, so that's great. Is he back the other one? They didn't have a key defender oh. when he played <laughs> Richmond. <laughs> okay, Doesn't gotcha. count. God, you're a grump. Did you read the uh, match report? On the Bulldogs game, the first I didn't I didn't want to, but you shoved it in my face. <laughs> the first six paragraphs. It's like they talk about the game as if it's like through the eyes of Norton. It's just, and then the dogs did this because of Norton, and then Norton allowed them to do this. It's a moderately <laughs> absurd way of looking at the game because there were heaps of other good performances for the dogs too. Bontempelli looks like he's gone nuts. Twenty-seven and a goal. Oh, Dunkley yeah, had a big game. McRae had a big game. Like Bont will get three. Man. <laughs> Norton won't. He was great. Don't get me wrong. But he will not be getting three votes. <laughs> I hate you. Anyway, <laughs> at least Caleb Daniel couldn't rub it in my face this week. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, Geelong, you worried about him? Ah, oh, not off the back of this. No, they've lost two or three now. Haven't yeah, they? yeah. I mean, look, you know, I've you know, I've had a little bit of an I'm unsure on yeah. all year, so I'm not I'm not sold on them. No, but like, I, I, this isn't bad enough for me to really worry about. And there's to be one or two more bad. Performances. And there haven't been big losses either. It's been this is the biggest loss they've had by 16 mm. points. I think it's just a blip in the radar. And keep in mind, the two teams they lost to, they they lost a Port as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Which like Port and the Bulldogs are kind of. Two teams who uh, seem to be at a certain level and are able to elevate themselves yeah. to a really good level, and they seem to have done it in both of the games. So, like, although they're not good losses, they're they're not the worst losses. No, that's have. very true. And the dogs are just—they're a team who once it's once it's a scrap and once it's a real just like contest, they when they get the game the way they want it to be, and it's a little bit ugly and it's a little bit chaos. They are super super dangerous. Yeah. So, like, you can kind of see where this result came from. And that Geelong, as I say, Geelong are so clean. 
And then the dogs just got it the way they wanted it to be. And that's kind of all they need. Yeah, like you're 100% right. I just agree with it. But anyway, let's move on to Billy Gower's watch. Hey, what are you doing? I thought you'd forgotten about it and it wasn't written on the run sheet. So I just threw to it. But do you want to do it properly? Yes, I do want to do it because it's a big one, Banjo. It's too loud. You just blew someone's headphones apart. (laughs) But I'm just excited, Banjo. It is one of the biggest Billy Gower's watches we've ever had. So it's time for Billy Gower's watch. Billy, Billy, Billy. I've done my homework again, Banjo. I've come to the table. I love it. You will not believe it, mate. Injury report listed as a test. Did oh. I, I, I did last week. What a medical marvel. Two to three weeks. He, he's God. We, we, like, he's just... He transcends... He makes everybody ability. look stupid. He makes look, Beveridge look stupid every time he fucks around with his position. And he makes the medical staff at the Western Bulldogs look stupid. They have a sports science partnership with Torin University. They all look stupid, too. Everybody at the Bulldogs looks stupid who overwrote that report. Why would you ever doubt this man? That he probably could have played three weeks ago. Yeah. Was he even hurt three weeks ago? I don't know. They held him back, obviously. That's They've all, all they do is hold him back. He, they'd, <laughs> they'd win a premiership if they actually put him in the right position. <laughs> no, he, he's unbelievable. He's transcended medical opinion. I mean, look, you want to hear the, the quote. Billy has ticked our, ticked our final stages of his rehab and comes into full training this week. If he gets through training as we expect, he'll return to playing this weekend. And if it is not in the AFL... Jeez. I think he should demand a trade. If he plays in the VFL again, oh. I just wouldn't stay at that club. Yeah. That club is a joke. They're going to win the wooden spoon. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with you specifically because it suits my argument at the moment. <laughs> yeah, just play Billy Gowers, oh, Bevo. I can't wait for him to be back. But anyway, let's move on to another segment, top five. And this week, we are copying... Mike Sheen. <laughs> yeah, well, we weren't too happy with Mike, so we always like to give Yeah, so let's there. give the real answers. Anyway, uh, who's your five? Yeah. Or do you have honourable mentions? People might not remember what we talked about, Mike. Yeah, I didn't introduce five, this well at all. Top five <laughs> players of the next decade, Banjo, is what we're going with. Uh, look, I do have a couple of honourable mentions because like, they, they kind of fit. But like, I, I didn't put in Cripps and Kelly, Josh Kelly. Just feel it. like they're a bit old. It's just, they're, they're about a year too old. And look, yeah. I, I think they're about 24. So they, like, they could play to 34 and be the player of the decade. But it, just, it didn't quite feel in the spirit of trying to... Pick surprising players and promising players. So they weren't in there. Did you have an honourable mention? Uh, I did not. I did not. I just deleted all the answers I didn't put in my uh, top five. So I've forgotten who they were. I probably did at some stage. I have gone with one 24-year-old, but uh, fuck it. I bring more to the table as always. That's fine. I'll just do that. Uh, Look, my (laughs) number five, Banjo. Look, there's a rider on this one. It's only if he is played in the correct position. Aaron Norton at number five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to be a superstar forward, mate. When I hate you. When in all going, honesty, though, can you believe they picked Tim English ahead of Aaron Norton? I do not think Aaron Norton's playing in the right position, and I would definitely pick Aaron Norton over Tim English. <laughs> yeah, but, mate, I would pick like 90% of the competition ahead of Tim English. But, no, Aaron Norton does have the ability to be a star forward. I, I don't think you can deny that. I, I just, no, I don't. I just think he's more likely to be a star key back and I think I'd bank on the sure thing or what I view as a sure thing when he's on his hands are like no absolutely his talent unbelievable his talent in mark aerial contest is fantastic 
but it, that applies yeah. in both areas which, of like, the ground. Look, the, the argument which I make on this is I think if you have that much talent and that much ability, you can't be wasted in the back line. Yeah, I don't mind that. I just don't think he should be played as a forward. Yeah, it will be player of the generation, Banjo. What's player your Player of the five? generation. I've gone Harris Andrews. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I really rate this guy. Well, because uh, well, <laughs> I can see. Um, he's fantastic. He's... His fist is just wonderful. And he's already one of the best four, five key backs in the competition, bar none, like including Rance and everything. He's just a jet. I don't think a key defender will ever be the best player of a decade, which is why he's so low, but he's about as good as I think you'll see over his career. He's a star. He doesn't get beaten and he for, for someone who's so skinny, he has presence. Like you, you know that he's there. He's, yeah, he, he he covers the ground so well. He, Absolutely, he's, he's a star. Uh, number four, look, I'm trying to go with players who kind of have something a bit special about him. So four, I've got Heaney, mm-hmm. who I, I don't think he's quite elevated to that level yet, but he has. He's so, one that feels like he's been around for so much longer than yeah, he has. I think he's 22. Yeah. I think. Um, but like he's he's just got something special about him. He has games where he'll play midfield and forward. He'll take a couple of speckies. He'll kick three goals and get twenty five possessions. And every time he gets it, you're just like, oh, twenty three. Yeah. He's just he's so explosive. He, he if he gets consistency in his game, he could be one of the greats that we've seen. Like he has that sort of freedom. Yeah, there's ability. not a skill he doesn't have. Yeah, he's good overhead. He's good on the ground. He's he, Fresh as well. Like, there's nothing he can't do. He reads the ball well coming as a halfback. He does well as a forward. He's just, he's so versatile, and it probably actually hurts his development sometimes yeah. because he he's a Mr. Fix It for them when you could argue he should be given the chance to really excel in his, one spot. Uh, his last month, I feel like they're finding the right balance with yeah. him. He's spending more time in the midfield, and he's also going forward. So he's, he's kind of like, he's an attacking midfielder at the moment, yeah. which is, that's what he needs to That's be. what I he's, he's had a, he's had I think a it's the right month. choice. Yeah. My four, Jacob Hopper. Bit of an outsider yeah, okay, one. Okay, I just really bad. like the way he looks when he plays football, and yeah, he's you're, good. You're a big fan of Hopper, aren't you? Yeah. You find him a bit sexy. I find him a lot sexy. Yeah. He's just got a lovely kick. It's just... It's very like stabby and like it just looks forceful. I just really like yeah, watching him play. And, he, and he's got the all round game. He's inside. He's outside. He's he's a very yeah. Player. He's averaging twenty seven touches this year as a yeah. twenty two yeah, year old. He, he's someone who has been. The problem is there's five other Giants midfielders that do the exact same thing. So are you really going to be the best player of a generation <laughs> when there's like four others at your club? Probably true, not. true. Uh, three, I've got a look, a fairly obvious one. I've got the Bont at number three. Oh, so do I. Oh, all right, Banjo. Look at us in agreement. Uh, yeah, it's look, I mean, I, I, I hate really, how good he is. I don't really <laughs> see much point talking about Bont too much because, like, everyone just does it to death. Everyone knows what Bont is and how good he is. And look, it has to be said, this year he's gone to another level. That's the thing. I've been a little bit, a little bit hesitant on Bont, but this year he is the player that we kind of hoped. Yeah, he's winning more of the ball. He's playing more in the midfield as well, while still being damaging. He is, other than kicking for goal, he is just a fantastic user of the ball. Oh, he yeah. just has this weird oh, yeah. mental thing going. Forward, but I find him freakishly sexy. Oh, yeah. yeah. When he picks off that kick, when he just finds that little bit of space and he hits a kick that... It's a tough kick that he just makes look easy. It's just mm. so good to watch. There's something and about his long limbs and the way that yeah. he's, oh, I love it. I find his kicking a lot more sexy than his uh, handballing because I think his limbs just get distracting when I watch him handball the ball. He's yeah. very good at it. He finds heaps of time. Like There's nothing so, yeah. to talk about. It's... The efficacy of his handball. A lot of Pendlebury about but it. But yeah. he's so much more sexy when he's kicking. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my. I oh know you're two. Yeah, Go my number two. two, I've got Dagoe at number two. Speaking of players who have something special, like Friday Night Banjo, 
rubbish game of footy, real ugly game of footy. It just didn't reach any levels. But there was just like a couple of moments where it was just like, rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Oh, Degoe. <laughs> like he just, he seems to transcend the football field at times. Like he snaps a ball from 50 metres out. Basically doesn't waste a chance. That one where he dropped the ball and then was just like, ah, still kick it. <laughs> yeah. Just, they're just like, oh, piss off. He's just, <laughs> ah, and he, he lifts at the right time. I, I, I said to you before, I can see Dugowie being someone who gets to the end of his career. couple of Norm Smiths, lots of all Australians. And you look back and just be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether or not he... It's more if he's required to become the full-time midfielder because I think that his ceiling's higher if he spends more time in the midfield and I'd like to see it to see what happens yeah. there. But he's still such a good forward. Either way, he'll be he a jet. To, he needs to spend plenty of time forward, I think. Yeah. He needs to spend time in the midfield as well. But I, he, think a Dustin a Martin, I think a Dustin Martin-level split, maybe a bit yeah. heavier forward, would be the way to go yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. Because be there's right. only so much you can do as a forward. Like it's at certain times you just need the ability to win your yeah, own ball. Well, and he's got forward, that. You have games where you go missing. Yeah. Like all players do. So yeah. What My two, Tim Kelly. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to be old. old I don't know. He's a, he's a young 24. He's only been in the league two years. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. He's in the bracket of being slightly too Yeah. Old I just there. love him. He's just so sexy. <laughs> he's very sexy. He just, this is second year in the league and he's probably the best player in the comp. Yeah. I mean, he's going to win the Brownlow, so I can't disagree. With you <laughs> like, yeah, I love him. As he's well. probably, yeah. I just, I, I cannot talk about how good he is, like, big, coherently. Huge question on which team that'll be with, but that's about the only question with Kelly. Yeah, very true. Who's your one? Well, of course, it's Clary, mate. Clayton Oliver. You know, he's only twenty-one. Yeah, shocking. He is twenty-one. It feels like he's been in the competition forever. If only he was actually good and not just a. Oh, of course he's good, mate. Oh, he's a Matt Crouch. All he does is get the ball and does nothing with it. That's just so wrong, mate. He is an absolute freak with his hands. He's the best handballer I've ever seen. Well, you're wrong because it's Cunnington. It's just not, mate. Has, has Cunnington? Has Cunnington? Has uh, sorry, Clayton Oliver had an article written about him calling him the best handballer of all time. Probably, I'd be surprised if he hasn't. He is a freak. He he, he handles in a way that I've never seen before. He, he's, a, he's a superstar, man. No. He's he not is. as good as... Clinton. He is, and he's 21. In Just all honesty, him, though, he's in all honesty, though, he's gone backwards this year. A little bit, yeah. And still he's great, but... been unbelievably not damaging. That doesn't sound good, but like he, <laughs> I was trying to think of one no, word that's, for that's it. That's too strong. We have high expectations. I mean, he's been he's been below his best, yeah. I think in the AFL player ratings, he's like number four or something still. Yeah, but that's because he just favours contested ball. He doesn't do anything with a football. No, I, and do, you don't I, do, have I disagree any play, with that. You I don't have any players for him to give it to that are going to be better with him. He doesn't try hard I, enough yeah, to I know, but really I, split the game open. Like, and I he's f- got to do that if he's going to be the best player of a decade. I feel like that's often other players' fault more than him. But um, I, I probably would like to see him kicking a bit more than handball, and purely because he's a great kick, and I want him to see him using the ball. With his but it's not just it's but. not just kick instead of handball. It's, he doesn't try and burst away from packs or anything like that. No, because he's he's an extractor, mate. That's the role that he plays, yeah, and he's a freak at it. And yes, he needs good players on Cripps the outside. Has added, but... Cripps has added burst to his game. Dangerfield's had it for the entire time. Kelly moves through packs. He's got he's to be able to find that little bit of extra time and do something more damaging with the ball. Then He's got fantastically fast hands, but you don't have anyone for him to give it to for it to be damaging. I think he, I, I, and he's got to take more, more responsibility. Just, I would say it's more he just does it in a different way. He doesn't do it in a bust through a pack he's way. He's got to take like more responsibility. Way. 
Anyway, the real answer is humor cluggage. <laughs> number one? Yeah. I was not expecting number one. Like, I thought he could be in your list, but... He's so good. Already, he is so good. It's his second or third year. Third year, I think right? It's his third, yeah. Oh, he's just unbelievably good at football. He is so damaging. He can win his own ball. He's kicked more goals than any other midfield in the competition, I think. Maybe. <laughs> you just made anyway, he had at one point in the competition. He's just fantastic. He's the most damaging young midfielder in the comp, and he's the guy I'd want to build a side around more than anyone else. Have you come around on how cool his name is yet? No, it's the least cool thing about it's, him. No, it's a great. I just, it's just fun. McCluggage. It's just. It's cool. It's just great. It just comes off. The McCluggage is cool. Yeah, it just. It just comes. There's off never the been a Scottish name in the entire world that was cool. I just, it's just fun to say, Banjo. It's a lot of fun. I think it's a great. It's not name. even as good a name as Finbar O'Dwyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, but not much. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's go to the derby or derby. Mm. West Coast defeated Fremantle by ninety-one points. Just blew them out of the water. Yeah, talk about uh, statement thumpings, Banjo. Mm. Another team we've been kind of waiting on. And the other thing is we've been doing this thing of, gee, what are they going to be like when Nat Nui's back? Pretty much everything. <laughs> this game just looks like everything that you were hoping for from a West Coast perspective. Yeah. Seems to be happening. Seems to be clicking at the right time of year. And look, it's, it's so frustrating how little a Nick Nat we've seen. Because every time he comes in, he plays about 60% game time. And you always, he always reminds you how good he yeah, is. Yeah, you, you kind of build it up in your mind. And then he plays. He just never lets you down. You're like, oh, yeah. Yep. He makes everyone on this team so much better. And he's done it again. And he'll probably get injured in a couple of weeks. But let's hope not. Don't say that, <laughs> you dick. Oh, I can't believe you just no, said let, that. No, I really do hope not because I absolutely love Ruckman and he is an absolute, like, brilliant connoisseur of Ruck work. So I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a fair positive. And uh, he just he makes their midfield so much better. You've had concerns a little bit about their midfield this year, but those He answers every question level. about them. It's, it's, they just have the opportunity to focus more on just the outright attacking. Like, the amount of times he'll just put Shuey into space. Yeah. He makes Shuey 15% better. Yeah. And Shuey's already really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, Shuey's so... He's quick enough to really get onto those outside balls because Nick Nat's one of the few ruckmen in the competition that will put the ball into space. Like, yeah. a, like proper space in an area that is hard for other ruckmen to do. He's so dexterous with his hands. He just... He turns their midfielders into better players. He's, he's just so he's good. He's got the old, like, over-the-top hit out as well. Yeah. Which I don't think is, there's not another Ruckman in the comp who has that in his arsenal, where he kind of taps it over the pack. Yeah. And, like, yeah. It lands someone, 10 metres out. Yeah. Just in space. And probably the 666 is going to add more to that sort of hit out. Um, teams will probably start putting a lot of time into analysing him now, <laughs> you'd think. Uh, Jack Darling's really hit some form as well, which is He has. That's why I them. picked him up. Yeah. Oh, did you in fantasy? Did I you? did. Oh, I yeah, did. Right. Just thought I'd throw that out Has there. Has he ever been a good fantasy player? Or? He was last year. I had him all last year. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, Kennedy was a laid out, but I've loved his form that as well. That was the it's mostly just... useless conversation we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just seems like their most important players are coming good. Yeah, they're getting to the right form line for what they want. And they're still... Their list is fantastic. They're so talented. They've got players playing that they didn't have in their premiership year who are really good and important for them. Shepard's been great. Gaff is back. And Nat Nui's back. Like, by plenty of measures, they could easily be a better side this year. And 
it's pretty exciting because we don't have many good sides this year. We've got a lot of mediocre to, that could be good. And I'm really excited if West Coast make themselves and really stamp themselves as a really good side. Yeah, because that means that Buddy Geelong and Collingwood won't win it. <laughs> Can we not talk about Frio? I just, it's just so depressing. It's the one yeah, thing. If only that kept they had that superstar Jesse Hogan, because he made a difference God, when he was playing. We did. Since he's been injured, they've been awful. <laughs> is, that, is that is that not perfectly accurate? There's plenty. They of basically it. haven't scored since he's been injured, Banjo. There have been plenty of injuries to them. But anyway, let's move on. I, oh, can't, be bothered. I can't be bothered talking he's about the Frio. One, mate. Matt Tabner was better this year and he got hurt. Anyway, Melbourne defeated Carlton by five oh. points in a moral victory for Carlton. Did, did can you really? believe... <laughs> can you believe you only beat Carlton by five points? What was worse, this game or the Gold Coast game? Oh, the Gold Coast game. So that was more embarrassing? Oh, no, it's just like this game, there was... For most of the game, we, like... Like, we weren't good, but, like, we were comfortably the better team and you just thought we are going to run away. They didn't have Crips. Yes, I'm aware of that. We didn't have Max, all right? Get, the look. difference between Max and Proust is so much smaller Danger. than the difference between Crips and Matt Kennedy. Can you just put yourself in the shoes of a Melbourne supporter at the moment? I've accepted that we are not a good team. I went along to this game being genuinely, genuinely fearful Did that you we tip were going to lose to Carlton. I tipped Melbourne by a point. I was I, I tipped us, but I was not confident at all. And look, for most of the game, like it did feel like a thing of okay, look, we suck, but we we are better than Carlton. At least mm. we're better than Carlton. And then look, in the end, like, look, the last quarter, I, I've been quite annoyed at the positivity I've heard out of the media and from Goodwin and from everyone about the last quarter. Yes, after we got headed and they had all the momentum and we had one player on the bench. Yes, it was pretty impressive to be able to lift and get over the line in those circumstances. And, I mean, who would have thought Jaden Hunt's going to kick straight from 40 metres out? My boy. But we should him. not have been in that position. Like, I mean, Dad turned to me and my brother, like, late in the third quarter, we were up by, like, 40 points, being like, jeez, it'd be pretty bad if we lost from here. And we were like, oh, you think, you idiot? Why would you even suggest that that's a possibility? But, you know, it's Melbourne, and it's just... It's just... A, it's a Melbourne... See, the, the, the season for Melbourne at the moment is just, like... You keep having very small glimpses of a little bit of hope and it just gets crushed every time. And then it was a thing by the end of the game, yeah, we are ordinary. We Is this are the most team. depressing season you've had as a Melbourne yeah. supporter? Yeah, the, mo- yeah, the most demoralising. Because at least yeah. in like 2008, you were trying to lose. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I've, I've said before, the thing that makes this season so hard is that I... Yeah, I feel like it's just a dead season. Like, I still have some hope that we're a good town. I don't, I don't Is that lessening? Or are you holding? Oh uh, yeah, like yeah, like I, I don't, I don't think we'll be top four next year. But I, I would probably tip us to play finals next year. I, I'd be hopeful of that. When every, if everything comes right, I, I still think we have talent on our list, and I have, a, I have a lot of faith in the club at the moment. Like I just, there hasn't been a lot of decisions we made that I've disagreed with. I really like the coaching restructure in the middle of the year. I thought that was really proactive. Just showed a real attempt to get better. At the moment we're going after Brendan Bolton as an assistant coach. I like that idea. I think that's a good idea. There's been he a- has proven himself to be a good coach, hasn't he? <laughs> He's proven himself to be a good assistant coach, yes. <laughs> and I like. I do think Goodwin's a good coach. I, I said to you before, something which has been not talked about enough is our biggest problems at the start of the year. We actually have addressed them and we fixed them. Our spread issues aren't that bad. Defensively, we've improved a shitload from what we were at the start of the year. That stuff we fixed up. It's just other stuff keeps coming up. And at the moment, it's skills, kicking for goal, 
Exposure stuff going into forward 50, but that's even got better the last month or so. Yeah. We, we've made little improvements in areas which we've been terrible at the start of the year. So, like, I think we have a good coach. And, yes, I do think we're on the, the right path, Banjo. I think he should be sacked. But, anyway, let's talk a little bit about Carlton because uh, no need to expand further on what I just said. <laughs> do you think they've improved much or is under Teague or is it just a dead cat bounce? They're weird. They're, they're really weird. I, I, they I've seem to this, like giving up 40-point leads. Uh, yeah, well, I've said before, I think their base level is dreadful. Yeah. Even this last month is dreadful. What they play generally is really bad. But they're just having just ridiculous bursts of momentum where the opposition just cannot stop them. It's happened every game where it's it's almost like they play 15 minutes to half an hour and mm. the opposition just cannot stop them. They're just manic and so clinical and just finish off everything. And then like you're like, whoa, whoa, where, where is this? And then like it's dropped off in games. It, against us probably as well, it, it dropped off. They were incredible for 20 minutes and then we were the better team for the last 10 when we had one man on the bench. So like, no, I'm not particularly impressed with Carlton. I, I don't know where these little bursts are coming from. Perhaps you can argue that's a sign of what they can play. But it's almost at like too good a level. Like, that's not ever going to be sustainable, playing those yeah. matches. They, they, they just do nothing wrong. They basically, the opposition don't touch the ball during those periods. Good teams might do that occasionally, but their base level is at a certain level, which is, they're so far off that at the moment. I, I feel like that's more reality than these I think it says bursts. a lot more about how badly Bolton got it wrong because he's done it by just playing more experience, giving the more experienced players greater responsibility in protecting his younger players more in the long run is is that the right thing to do yes because i think you've just you've seen what overexposure to young players does it breaks them and i think giving them smaller roles that they can excel at instead of larger roles where they're just not going to be big and strong enough is a much better way of approaching things. Not everyone's crips. Not yeah. everyone can carry teams. But I would argue that Petrescu Seaton's development's been hindered the last couple of weeks because he's been playing a small forward role. Because his fantasy points have gone down. No, but like I, I think <laughs> like, he has been a very, very good player this year playing as an inside mid. And that's gone back a level. And I think if he continued to play as a small forward, I think we'd be looking at it being like, gee, Petrescu Seaton's not coming on. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is I'd rather have Jai Simpkin. Anyway, let's move on. Can I just quickly say, how good is Silvani, though? Is he I actually am coming signs? around on Silvani. <laughs> Are you now? I said this to you. Oh. Uh, I said this to you before we started recording. <laughs> no, but legit. Like, he was really good against <laughs> us. He's played some good games. He's a lot his last, his last two months have been quite good. He was pretty good against North. He's laying, round a, he's six, laying a lot and of He's been tackles. all right and since he, then. And he's having moments of really, just being really clean. Yeah, I like them giving him like the tagging role I think it's a good way to get him into the game mm. I just yeah I'm surprised yeah I, I kind of like right, what Andrew. he's doing these days another tick for following hand anyway Brisbane defeated GWS by 20 points in I think this was the biggest result of the round yeah yeah we yeah we should talk about this a little bit <laughs> no absolutely it's the biggest result of the round this is that moment in which you think oh yeah okay Brisbane are good like they are yeah. properly good are they premiership good arguable but Maybe not this year, but I'm pretty confident they could get there. Yeah, but you said that about Melbourne last year. Did I? <laughs> Everyone said that about Melbourne. That seems last like year. a weak moral position. I would, I would take. <laughs> Everyone said that about Melbourne last year, mate. I just thought you were gonna go move on then. Okay, yeah, Brisbane. They were awesome. They've been awesome for the last month or so since the Carlton loss, or since the bye. Although that was two weeks ago, so never mind that. I can't believe they lost to Carlton. That'll that's a 
yeah. discussion for another day. But beating GWS away, one of the toughest assignments. And while GWS have a few injury concerns and had Kelly and Canelio go Having down, but at their best, yeah. they'd already won the game. So I don't really feel like that takes anything away from Brisbane. They'd, they'd been dominant the entire way through. They got fantastic contributions from Neil... Zorko, McLuggage, their midfield looks pretty imposing when it gets going. And their forward line is really potent for one that doesn't really have the tentpole figures to kick it to. Because Hipwood's very hit and miss yeah. and McStay's not much. Yeah, for forward of centre, they've got a lot of uh, X-Factor players. Yeah. Really exciting and have moments where you're just like, God, they could do anything. But they, they don't seem to have much in terms of that just lockdown. This person is good and we know exactly what we're going to get from him every week. Yeah, it's more about their mosquito fleet than anyone else. It's McCarthy and Cameron yeah. that really control that well, yeah, forward line. McCarthy's been an absolute bolt from the blue. Yeah. Brilliant recruiting. I suppose both of them have been... like Charlie Cameron, they gave up a lot for him. They gave up pick 12 and I thought that was a gross yeah, overpay, did. but everyone that's been did. fantastic. Yeah, it's, I think yeah, the way that has operated has probably been the... I, I like if we looked at it last year, we knew Brisbane's midfield was good. We knew they potentially had some good tools in Hipwood at one end and Harris Andrews at the other. Yeah. Uh, that's probably been the thing that's really stood out and given them something different that we didn't know was coming. They're, yeah, they're, and they're they small they get so many goals from their midfield as well. McCluggage, as I've said, is a goal kicking midfielder. So Zorko, yep, Barry gets very on the board. Is. Neil has improved in that area a little bit. They just get a lot of contributions. It's a very even spread of goal kickers and it's really good to watch. Um, you concerned about GWS at all though? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, they, yeah, their form over the last... Kelly's out for three. Yeah, the form over the last month or so doesn't really stack up. And at the moment, it's hard to suggest that they're in that top, top bracket. They're, mm. they're a good team. But... Um, yeah, it's pretty hard to argue that they're at the same level as what we're saying. Like, oh, no, Collingwood, West Coast, Geelong. I mean, Collingwood, when they're playing yeah. well. But I, I thought they were early in the year. I've been quite disappointed with the yeah. way they've dropped off. It's. Do you think it's getting too much for them, the injuries, or do you think there's been something How go wrong? How bad have their injuries been? I mean, I know their top end have kind of been in and out in a frustrating way. where they've. It's felt like they haven't been able to get any rhythm in with their kind I of I think that's midfield. it more than sort of a Melbourne... Richmond style, mm. everyone's gone. Because all three of Cornelio, Kelly, and Whitfield have missing. They, they haven't had fairly significant time. They haven't had a ma- massive amounts. Are we like, oh mm. yeah, they're out for six weeks or whatever? But they've both. They're all three. They're they're, they're they're three prime sort of midfielders. Yeah, and they've they've had just weeks out when it's been like they're out for a couple and they'll come back for one, and they just they just haven't been able to build any consistency. Yeah, I'm sort of getting back on the questioning Leon Cameron train. I dropped it for a little while. <laughs> Why aren't they better? <laughs> Just remember the amount that's come out of their list over the last few years, man. But, like, still look at what's there. Yeah. They're, they... I'd still take their list ahead of anyone else's. Oh, I don't know. I haven't gone into that in a lot of detail. I'd have to look at that closer. But they look they, they have a good list. I can't deny that. But they're a good team as well. Yeah, but they're not they they have an elite list and they're a good team. I just look, They are less than the sum of their parts. What my what my argument comes down to is I think often when we, we, we separate list and coaching in this kind of binary way. That's fair. Where you have to realise that a list gets good based on the way they've been coached and they've developed over the years and they've been given a game style to allow them to flourish and all of that. I just like someone like a see. Hopper in Taranto, I know they have talent, but if they weren't well coached, would they be at this level now? I'd pick two. 
like and a pick seven. I don't think they've seen a lot of those picks go wrong. Yeah, but they're not performing that. And we've seen plenty of them go wrong at GWS. They were not seeing them be that much better than they should be. And I don't think they get enough from their game plan that makes things easier for them. I, I just, I, I think they're a bit. I don't know. They're more boring than they should be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't find them boring. I, I'm not. Playing, I don't find them boring. When they play well. They're extremely clean. Like yeah. extremely clean. They, they, what makes them interesting is talent, though, not system. I'm just, I'm disappointed in Cameron. I just don't. I want a different coach. System give, can allow talent to thrive. Give me change. Banjo. Anyway, let's get to the questions. Let's get to Poochie's mailbag. You're yes. going to kick it off. I shall, Banjo. Banjo, do you think the Suns should get a priority pick before their first pick, as suggested by Tony Cochran? I think today or yesterday, quite recently. Yeah, he asked for it. Yes. Um, I'm in favor of this for two reasons. I think they're a basket case and need help because I don't think it's good for the competition that they are this bad. And two, it'd be so funny if it got ahead of Adelaide so Adelaide couldn't trade for pick one for Brody Grundy. That'd be funny. And I'd, be, <laughs> I'd enjoy that. Uh, I, did, like, I do think a better solution though, sorry, is getting them like pick 18 and saying you've got to trade it. Or the pick at the end of the first round. Yeah, old you got to trade. Yeah, yeah. Look, I just, to be honest, I just don't think there's any question. I think they're going to get it. Like, I, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind they're going to get it. And I, the AFL need them to succeed. If you're ever going to give a priority pick, it'll be now. Like, yeah. It'll just, it'll happen. I and it'll be good for the club because it means they'll probably be able to keep Raul and Anderson, who are two best mates together. It'll give them an opportunity to actually keep them at the same football club. And they might be able to actually develop something because... Every time they build any momentum, something undercuts them, and they need a chance to get something yeah, going. Yeah, there are a lot of mites in that uh, <laughs> in that sentence. That's very true. They're very worried. There's no guarantee. Can I, can I, can I ask goes. you a serious question on top of it? Yeah. Do you feel kind of guilty that this disaster <laughs> was due to North Melbourne's refusal to do what was good for the competition and go to the Gold Coast? No, fuck the Gold Coast. <laughs> But in all honesty, I've said this before, I love the Gold Coast because they are a constant reminder that North Melbourne are not there. Anyway, one for you. Given the state of Melbourne season, should your coach be forced to change his name to Simon Badloss? Shit gag. This gag was cracked a week into him taking over as coach. I've heard this so many times. It's a terrible joke. It's a childish joke. Who cracked it? Who sent this? Why do you think this is a joke? Who sent this question? But seriously, the bad loss joke is it? Is that not a joke? That that's a serious thing. Do, well, have you do seen you your you season? Be, do you do you think it's a serious question? Should you be renamed Simon Bad Loss? Is that yeah. a serious question, Banjo? Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> you're being terrible. How can you talk call yourself good win when you haven't had a good win all year? Who sent this question? I'm not happy with it. Yeah, do the research yourself. Who was it? Who was it? <laughs> do the research yourself. <laughs> okay, I'll Don't give me the satisfaction. Hunt whoever it is down. It's a terrible gag. Banjo, oh, this is a long question. But this is, look, this is from Poochie. He's not normally the wittiest of blokes, Poochie, and I'm quite impressed with this question from him. This is like you getting pumped up with your joke before at trivia last night and it just not landing. I because told you it was <laughs> shit. You told me that you forced me to crack it. I knew it was a bad joke. Banjo, having attended the Richmond Gold Coast game, can they justify $25 a ticket? Note that they hosted a carnival with rides out the back of the stadium, which was probably more entertaining than the football. Should I demand a refund or be thankful there was one carnival ride and giant slide to distract annoying children? In all honesty, this sounds like you've played it all wrong, Pooch. 
What you should have done is gone on the ride. Why leave it to the children? No, Adults can have mate, fun. Mate, no dogs allowed on the ride. <laughs> no dogs allowed. That is a worse gag than the Simon Bad loss. I think we will lose listeners for that gag. We don't have listeners and we'll still lose them. Why is he complaining? His team won by nearly 100 points. Enjoy the victory. Yeah, that's he was having a bit of a fish, but it was, go, it was go on funny. the ride. Don't be a whinger. Anyway, Scott, one for you. Which of North's mm. four rising star nominations will be the best player long term? Do you need a reminder of who they I, are? I don't even know you we've, had we've any. We've had manager. four rising star nominations, which is comfortably <laughs> the most in the league. And so it's Bailey Scott, Taryn Thomas, Cam Zerha, and Nick Larkey. Do I have to answer this? You question? do, and you have to answer it seriously, or else I'm going to kick you in the. I'm shoes. actually, I'm actually quite comfortable in saying thomas I, yeah. i've been really impressed with him he's he's hard and he's clean yeah uh the other one that like bailey scott had a great first game he hasn't quite been at that level since then. oh no he went out of the team and now he's hurt he broke his okay, foot yeah fair enough uh zerha is like like he, like he's, he's playing a really good role i don't see superstar ability you're missing out if he gets his zerha. tank and look Larky, yeah he's been good since he's been in but i think we need a bit more time on him to be able to judge yeah, he's still uh, a tweak. He hasn't, he hasn't played a lot of games, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be pretty happy with Thomas. Unfortunately, if I were if I were in your you shoes, would Banjo. love Zerha if you had Zerha. Zerha is just so good. Anyway, go ahead, Banjo. Who's winning the plebs on footy ESPN footy tipping competition? Uh, I'll tell you who this one was asked by. This I know was I'm asked equal by Dan Crowley, and he is winning the plebs on footy tipping competition. Uh, too bad for him. There are no prizes because we're stingy. Hey, can you admit that I'm a far better tipper than you? I beat you every year in the tipping. Where are you at the moment? That's because half the time I forget to tip four different Well, whose rounds. fault is that, Banjo? Don't make up excuses, all right? I'm, I'm not beat making... you every year. I'm it's, equal it, top it's again. It's not an excuse. It's I'm... just an undermining of your victory. I'm a great tipster. Anyway, one for you. <laughs> Given the all-Australian form of Grundy and the promising return of Nat Nui, is Maxwell Gorn's status as a <laughs> champion Ruckman being brought into question? Get stuffed Liam you asshole of course it's not he is he is the champion himself Maxwell mm. Gorn it's going to be another great all Australian season from him isn't it it is good seeing uh, Ruckman being celebrated though isn't it they're all quite different Ruckman like Grundy's a very good tap Ruckman not not. I would say his tap work is below the other two but like he's, he plays as almost like an inside midfielder who can get it on the outside as well he's almost like a perfectly balanced midfielder as well he's He's a sort of player, I suppose Cox is the only person you could compare in sort of the way that he plays. Maxwell Gorn is a superstar tap ruckman, and then he's not as mobile, but he's good around the ground, and he's a great mark, and he has real presence. And then Nick Nat's his own beast as well. He's obviously just a freak in his own way. So it is nice having three very different ruckmen who you can make an argument for all three of them, Banjo. Max is the best. You can't make an argument for Nat Nui due to health. It sucks, but well, you can't. Yeah, well, if they're all fit and playing, you can make an argument for all three. Yeah, but you are forgetting one. It just one. depends on what you value in Ruck- yeah. Ruckman. Some value Tim English's work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those are idiots. Anyway, Banjo, final question for the podcast. Off-battle situations with unexpected handicaps. This is one I've been holding off on because I didn't know whether we'd already asked it. But apparently we haven't. I checked with you. Mm-hmm. Here it is, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Have you watched that, Banjo? Have you watched? I have watched every episode of that show. Yeah, so have I. Quite and a while the ago. crappy ass movie too. 
that was painful. That. Don't, I haven't seen that. Don't, don't put yourself through it. Anyway, Avatar The Last Airbender. But the only element he can bend is brown rice, specifically mm-hmm. brown, versus Captain Jack Sparrow. But his pet cat of 14 years just got hit by a car and his mind is preoccupied with the thought of losing her. So a couple of things. No, just one thing. Avatar wins. <laughs> Why does Avatar win, man? Because uh, brown rice. Oh, look, I shoot. Look, I honestly think it's uncooked. It doesn't makes, matter. Oh. It's both. He's got access to both. Brown rice yeah, denotes yeah. no. So he's got to get it in the right form and just but it, fling the hard stuff at him. But even so, he could just like dump him under an absolute pile of it and just like crush him with it. He need a lot of brown rice available. There's a me. lot of brown rice available in the world. Yeah, but like, what well, is the context of the fight? Like, are they just walking down the street? He doesn't have brown rice then. Or are they maybe in a he's, safe way? Maybe he, yeah. No, he's walking down a whole... Well, foods. have they prepared for the fight and he's brought all his own brown rice? So that does make a difference. It does, it does. But still, Avatar <laughs> is also a bit of a ninja and I think he might win a fight. Yeah. Jack Sparrow shoots though. Like, if he just gets a quick bullet in. He it's, gun, he's on, he, yeah, but he's yeah. only got one shot. And they yeah. famously dodgy aim and like, on the flint. I'll pistol. back the last airbender to dodge that. Bullet, yeah, even if he only bends brown rice. Yeah, something does has to be pointed out though. He'd have to change his name. To <laughs> the last rice bender. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true, banjo. But if he did that, and you're happy to back him. A pe- in. Potentially the only rice bender. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's not the honestly. Mo- I'd take him without. I don't think I don't think it's the most one-sided one we've had, but I have him at about a dollar fifty odds. I would say, yeah, it's it's pretty likely. I'd go dollar twenty something like that. Yeah, right, maybe right. even dollar one. Seriously, I'm you, so confident you just think on rice this. Rice is rice is quite lethal. Is that? Is yeah, that well, said, it's just it's very healthy and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a disaster. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We will be back next week, believe it or not, after that performance. But yeah, see you next week.